This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bring down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello everyone and welcome along to this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redman. Of course, this week we're looking ahead to Burnley against Crystal Palace and we'll get into that in just a moment. First of all, if you are watching on YouTube, please remember to smash that like button. And of course, if you haven't already, please do subscribe. It helps the channel out loads. Um, and I just want to talk about the, the little bit of a break that we've had recently. Um, thank you. Honestly, I've, I must have had about, I'm humbled by the amount of messages we've had. Um, we must have had about 25, maybe pushing 30 different people, messages, people from Australia, New Zealand, um, Canada, Newcastle, Neil, if you're watching evening. Um, and, and of course people, people in Burnley as well, but lots of people just messaging Norway at Jens, if you're watching, listening, um, lots of people have messages and asked where the podcasts have gone. Um, it's just been a bit, bit difficult recently. I think I said to a lot of people, um, I started a second job, but still doing the, the first job. So I've got two jobs now. Um, I've got a little toddler as well. So if at any point um, 
I've got him. I can't do the podcast anymore, really, because he's just going to be behind me shouting, Daddy, I want this, Daddy, I want that, which is all right on watch-alongs because it's fine. It adds to it. But on podcasts, it can be quite difficult. So I've just sort of like not really had the time um, to do it. Uh, and, of course, it is mum's a nurse as well, so there is a lot of time where I do just have him on my own and stuff. So uh, to do that and two jobs, it can be quite difficult. So, um, But we're back anyway now. I'm hoping to carry on doing it as much as I did um, back in the day. Um, we're still looking for people to help out. If you want to come on, I know a few people have said you want to. So like, I want to create like a little uh, team of uh, of people that will come on for for the sort of like the post game show or maybe even sort of like a, a mid season review sort of like debate and things like that. So I'm always up for even if you're part of another channel and things like that. It's always good to get more people on um, and talk about different stuff um, after the games uh, and things like that. And of course, I'll do the uh, the pre game show, which is what this is. But it's good to it's good to be back and uh, we'll be getting in a regular on, on Turfcast in just a minute. But of course, on this little bit of break we've had, we've had some news as Clarets. Um, that I do want to talk about. And if I can remember how to get it up on screen, which I will try right now. If you're listening on the podcast, apologies. Uh, while I just fill some dead air um, about... Um, okay, it's saying it's not going to let me do it. Oh, a second. So if I just... Oh, here we go. Obviously, the news that John Pender has been diagnosed um, with motor neuron disease. Um, it's now on your screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you should see it. That is, of course, the Burnley Express article um, and all the pop-up adverts that you get along with it. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Uh, of course, there's some devastating news um, about John Pender um, having motor neuron disease. It turns out he's had it for a couple of years as well, which... Um, which I think is interesting. Obviously, it's it's come out this week because I think a few of them had a had a meet up, um, and someone put a tweet out to say that it, it wasn't there because um, it was you know progressing. Uh, I think is, is probably the right word to say. But but his family released a statement because they're looking for some funding, um, and I've put a tweet up. Um, so please go and look out for that and the Facebook post up, um, which has the just giving page in there. I think they're looking for ten thousand pounds, just sort of like to to give him a bit of. Um, is it a new a new chair? I can't remember. Some better equipment that he, that he needs um, to help him um, with while he battles the disease. Um, but just to read the statement out, which is here on the Burnley Express website, um, it says today we are asking for your for you to support ex Burnley captain uh, player and captain fantastic John Pender, who has regrettably been diagnosed with life changing and debilitating illness, motor neuron disease. Uh, unfortunately, John is now completely wheelchair bound and requires twenty four seven care to undertake day-to-day -day tasks. I just scroll past all these adverts again. It's infuriating. Uh, but John has an enduring love for Burnley FC and with the fans having captained them to two promotions, triumphed at Wembley and put his body on the line during his 171 league appearances. John committed his whole life to football, in particular Burnley. So we ask you, the Turf more faithful, to pull together so we can transform his quality of life. We hope you are willing to support a fellow Claret. Now, of course... Um, that's just the article uh, on it. That isn't the actual uh, Just Giving link. Um, I will put the Just Giving link if you're watching on YouTube in the comments below. Um, I, I suggest, even if you know it's only a couple of quid, I, I, I suggest that every Burnley fan um, would should donate to that. And I, it sounds a bit rich coming from me. I haven't done it yet, just to give full transparency. But I'm getting paid at midnight tonight, so you can expect a donation from from me and Turfcast tomorrow. Um, and I think every Burnley fan should do the same, even if it's just one quid. There's like what there's regular Burnley fans, the twenty thousand that go on the turf, all right, with away fans, it's probably about eighteen thousand. If every Burnley fan just put one quid in the bucket, um, you know, it's only the same as doing that, then they'd raise eighteen, eighteen grand and they only want ten, um, or, or need ten, should I say, uh, for, for what they're trying to do for John. So I think every Burnley fan should do it. I'll be doing it tonight and I recommend that you 
all do the same, please. But right, let's get into it then. Of course, Palace this weekend, Burnley are looking like they're back to their old selves, unbeaten in three after a 2-2 draw at Southampton. An impressive win at home against Flavour of the Month, Brentford. And, of course, a battling point away at Chelsea. With a slice of luck, um, but a battling point nonetheless. So I think Burnley are a little bit back. So let's hope we can go into this game and add to that. It's just the international break might have taken the wind out of ourselves a little bit. But let's get into it. I am welcomed now by D from Back of the Nest. And you will recognise him because he's been on the show quite a lot. Right, and just like that, as mentioned, we are joined by D, who's from Palace Podcast YouTube channel fan page, Back of the Nest. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. As a Palace fan, it's, it's probably the best time to chat to me over here since we got promoted. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good good start to the season, hasn't it? I think that's fair. That's a bit of an understatement so far. Sitting pretty in the Premier League, doing very well. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into it then, because of course there was Roy Hodgson left in the summer. Um, Patrick Vieira, Premier League legend, came in. Um, but even even though he's even though he's got a good status as a Premier League legend, or a few raised eyebrows, um, didn't pull up any trees in the MLS or, or in France where he's been a manager before. What did you think? Not now. What did you think at the time when you brought him in? Was you happy with the appointment? Was you a little bit disappointed? Was you a little bit sort of like reluctant and thought, oh, I don't know about this one? How did you feel at the time when he was confirmed? Patrick Vieira was, if not one of our last choice in the manager list. We tried to get Nuno. Uh, he went to Tottenham and actually we rejected him. Then he went to Tottenham. We tried to get Favre. We tried We tried to get yeah, all types one. of managers. And he was Sean Dyche. I think he was on the list as well. But what, I can't remember exactly how that went. Um, I think he wanted to say He's always on your Other exactly. rumours are he's always on your list. But it, it, nothing yeah. ever, ever seems to happen. <laughs> so we tried to get all types of managers. And then when it came to it, all of them, it just didn't work out. And then there was that one manager on the list that we haven't ticked off yet, and that was Patrick Vieira. And when we did sign him, there were, of course, some Palace fans saying, oh, I mean, Patrick Vieira, he's unproven. Is that the approach that we want? But in yeah. a way, I, I wasn't like that. I actually wanted him at Palace due to the fact that it's something different. Like I've been calling for something different for ages. We've had all the managers that you can list in terms of Tony Pelius, Sam Allardyce, Alan Pardew, Neil Warnock. Uh, they're all very similar, aren't they? Yeah, they're all very even similar Hodgson. type. Of, yeah, even Roy Hodgson. They're all very sim similar type of managers. And the only thing that, that you can realistically do with them is just stay up. So I wanted a manager who was the underdog. And Patrick Vieira was the underdog in this job list. And when you looked into him and the type of football that he wanted to play, it was positive. And we saw it in the first preseason game. So in a way, I was excited by it um, because of the underdog factor. And it was something different, which is what I've been calling out for. It might have gone horribly wrong. It still might go wrong. We don't know. It's been 11 games, but so far the players love him. We're talking about Wilfred Zab. We'll probably talk about him later on. He loves him. He seems like he wants to start the club. But the whole effect that he's had at, I, I had at the football club in terms of the mentality, we've gone from whole defensive football to attacking football, to bringing in younger players, to making the players feel like there's actual competition at the club. He's brought that in. And for that reason, I'm happy now. And I was happy when he was appointed because I didn't know what to expect from him. And that's what I liked. Yeah. So what, what's different then? What has he brought that's different then? You mentioned it there a little bit more attacking football, but what's your sort of that style of play now? How are you going to play against uh, against Burner this weekend compared to what you would have done under Hodgson? 
So possession football, that's our style of play. Look, we beat 2-0, we beat Man City 2-0 away from home. And that was not due to just keeping the ball for 90 minutes because you can't do that against the sides of City. But then, you know, he, he changes his style of play. He changes it. But our main philosophy is keeping a ball, high intensity, pressuring um, the other team when, when we're off it, counter-pressing as well. So it's your typical modern football. And against Burnley, I expect us to keep the ball similar, um, to pr uh, pressure you more often, which it wasn't really the case under Roy Hodgson. Under Roy Hodgson, whoever we faced, whether it was at home or away, it was the same style of football. Burnley away from home, we should be competing with you guys. But with Roy Hodgson, it, it, it felt like Burnley were the better side. It's like Burnley was City or not only just Burnley, again, or Leeds was City or whoever we faced, they were just that top side when they weren't. So what Patrick Vieira does is that he adjusts to his opponents. So with Burnley, we should be able to, you should, you guys should compete with us and we should compete with you. So what's going to happen is we're going to keep the ball when we don't have the ball at the right moments, at the right time, we're going to be trying to get the ball off you instead of just sitting back and trying to defend for our lives. And that's a different style of play. I think you're going to see a completely different Palace side to what you've seen since we got promoted. We've never played like this. Maybe under Frank De Boer, we tried it like that. And I remember after, um, I think after we Frank De Boer played you guys, he got the sack. Um, yeah. But apart from that, that, apart from that one game, in the, nine, in the last nine to seven years, since, or oh, eight years, I can't remember, time flies by, since that we got promoted, we've never played like this. And it's a completely different Palace side. And I think every team that we face, they're like, oh, wait, that's how Palace play now. Because, yeah, it's, it's something completely different on the other end of the football spectrum from defence football to attacking football. Yeah, you know what? I forgot about that Frank De Boer debacle. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I remember in the summer, a few people mentioned it, like, oh, Palace are going to try something different here. They tried to do it with Frank De Boer and it didn't work. Um, mm. Obviously, we've already, we've already said that you were rooting for Vieira. You wanted the underdog one, so that's fine. But I can imagine that that burned a few Palace fans' fingers and a few people a little bit like, oh, we've tried it before, we'll try it again. What was the feeling like amongst the fan base then? Obviously, you've said how you felt. What was the feeling like amongst the fan base? Were a few people worried about bringing Vieira in? Yeah, they were worried. And it's normal. I think what, what surprised me the most, when Vieira did join us, I think it was more of a relief than anything because the mm. we, we didn't have a manager for like, it took like a month or two to find a replacement for Roy Hodgson. So... If we got in Vieira early doors, if we've got in Vieira two weeks or three weeks after Roy Hodgson left, then I think more people would have been frustrated because, as you've said, he isn't really the proven Premier League manager. He hasn't managed in the Premier League, even though he's been with City and youth teams at City and he went to MLS and went to France. We haven't seen him as much, but because it took him so long to join the club, I think many fans were in relief. Of course, there's going to be fans that are going to be upset about it due to the fact that he, he has barely any, any experience. But because it took him so long, many Palace fans were like, all right, let's get behind him and let's try to do something differently because he will play a different style of football. So in a way, him being our last appointment or one of the last managers on our list has helped him in a way because um, due to the fact that, you know, we, we had basically no other options. So the fans couldn't say anything because we tried it with all the other managers that everyone else wanted. Yeah, yeah. What I want to know is how Frank De Boer keeps getting linked to jobs. Like, he's never done well anywhere. <laughs> oh, he's done he's, now. 
I think he's done now. I think is, he, is he done re- now? Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he's a retired manager. A retired failed Holland. manager. Yeah, retired. Yeah, exactly. He tried at Palace. He tried at Holland. He went over to MLS. He went to Inter. Yeah, he went to Atlanta. He well. was dreadful there. He's, but, I don't know. He keeps, he's got a very good agent. I'm telling you now, mate. He has got a. Very yeah, he's good agent. agent. I love his agent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He must. He must pay his agent. He must pay his agent good money because he yeah. always manages to find him jobs. But Frank de Boer, I think he's done. And in a way, when Frank de Boer did the Palace. I was one of them saying, what on earth are we doing as a football club? He was here for like four games, five games, and we already sacked him. But later on, we found out that it was the right thing to do because we managed to stay up in the Premier League under Roy Hodgson. And that season, um, if maybe if we did take a bit longer in terms of sacking Frank de Boer, maybe right now yeah. I'm not talking to him. God knows where we are as a football club because we could have easily got relegated. And when you look at it in... Looking at it in hindsight, it did work out well because Frank de Boer has been a failure of a manager wherever he's gone. Literally, at Inter Milan, he was there for like 90 days. And then at Palace, how many... Like It it never worked out for him. So clearly, he was a very good football player in his time, but not every former player can do it like Patrick Vieira. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's right. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, you're right. There's a few few players that can't do it. Look at Gary Mm. Neville. You know, he's a very good pundit and he talks a lot of sense, but at Valencia, dreadful. Uh, There's some other examples out there off the top of my head. that Paul Scholes at Oldham for a bit as well. He he, he, he did do very well. Now he's chomping on his toenails. Uh, Roy Keane. Well, he did all right at Ipswich. Yeah, he did all right at Ipswich. Or or did he do all right at Sunderland? Then he was dreadful at Ipswich. I can't remember. He did all right somewhere. somewhere, He did all right somewhere. I think he got somebody promoted. But then it just kind of went south after that. And then it, it just always looked insane. Like he'd grow a big beard and it'd be unshaved. He'd have big hair. It's like, this is clearly getting to him. Get yeah. out of management. Um, but yeah, sitting 10th in the Premier League, as you've mentioned, um, what is the ceiling for Palace this season then? Do you think you can push on, maybe get that seventh place? And of course, if other things go your way, seventh can mean Europa League football. But I think even, even now it might mean that other European trophy that nobody really cares about, but it's a European competition that you'd rather be in than not. The one that Tottenham are in, I can't remember the name of it. The it, Conference Palace, League. Yeah, that one. Can, can Palace <laughs> push on and, and maybe and maybe get into something like that? Or, or do you think it's that top half is probably the ambitions for you now? Well, look, Joe, the teams that we've faced so far this season, we've had the hardest fixture list. There's no doubt about it. And I can't say what Palace can do now um, because, we, uh, because we've got some winnable games coming up. And... For the, some of the games that we played so far this season, we've already faced in 11 games. We faced Chelsea, we faced Liverpool, we faced West Ham, we faced Leicester, we faced City, uh, we faced Brighton, we've we faced Tottenham, and we basically faced all the teams above us. And yeah. so far this season, we've only lost two games, and that was Chelsea and Liverpool. And the Liverpool game, even though it was 3 0, we were massively unlucky because it was just set pieces. And Jurgen Klopp said that. Jurgen Klopp said that it was the hardest 3-0 victory he's had in his career. So we haven't had one bad performance apart from the Chelsea game, which was the first game of the season. So for Palace's ceiling, right now, as I've said, there's there's belief that we can go out there and compete with whoever. We went to the Etihad and beat City 2-0. Who keeps a clean sheet at the Etihad, let alone gets a win over City? Top sides don't do that. And we managed to do that because we changed our style of play. So for Palace right now, it's really on us where we finish. I truly believe that because we've seen it. On our day, we can be anyone. And so far this, this season, one bad performance. 
That's it. So we've got some winnable games coming up. Of course, with all due respect, you guys probably see us as a winnable game as well yeah. um, on the same list. But we face Wolves. We beat them. And now we've got Burnley. We've got Villa coming up. Um, we've got uh, Leeds coming up. We've got Man United coming up, which... You know, Man United. It's a winnable game. <laughs> yeah, it's a winnable game as well. With currently with the current manager, anyways. Then we got Everton. We got Southampton. So up until Christmas, it's very hard for me to judge what we can do, because yeah. we, if we can win them games, as I've said, we, we would. If we beat the Brighton game on our show, if we beat the Brighton, if we beat Brighton, which we should have done, if we beat Arsenal, right now we're sitting two points off Liverpool after facing all them difficult teams. Everyone talks about the likes of West Ham, but. No one, I know people are talking about Paris and Conor Gallagher, but no one's really talking about as much as I would like with Patrick Vieira and the job that he's done, considering that he's took over from Roy Hodgson. So it's all yeah. on us. I honestly believe that we can finish top half of the table. I, I really do think that. But in terms of European places, there's going to be injuries that come along the way. There's going to be lots yeah. of different factors that come along the way, maybe a bad dip in form as well. Uh, but I think European spots, especially Conference League, if we continue playing like this, I think it's a possibility um, if we if we go and win the games that we should be winning. And it's it's, it's a massive relief because we haven't ever talked about European football at Palace since probably Alan Pardew up, up until December. We were playing good and it just fell. But this is this un, unfamiliar territory with Palace. Right now, all we talk about, well, since we got promoted, is survival. And now we're looking yeah. above us for, for, for the first time in the history of us getting promoted um, since 2013. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. I feel like it's been the last three seasons on this podcast, which is pretty much when we started it. It's, it's just talking about survival and can we stop all that? But we can. <laughs> yeah. The podcast, this podcast, missed the boat of the European football, um, which is a shame. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, that that feeling of like, I remember we beat Leicester like three games before the end, and that didn't hundred percent confirm it, but it practically did because they were the only team that mm. could beat us. And like, just the thought of the fact that like Burnley are, are, are going to be playing against like some of the biggest clubs in the world it was just insane. Obviously, we ended up getting beat by Olympiacos in the third qualifying round, which was a bit of a shitter. But I think that season, if we'd have got through, I think we'd have gone down. Like the, the, we started off so badly that season because we were playing Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, yeah. and we were just getting tanked everywhere we went. Um, so I think if we'd have got through, we would have gone down. Um, it'd have been a good ride along the way. I'd imagine going to places like, I don't know, obviously I went to Olympiacos, could have gone to San Siro, things like that. So that would yeah, have been fun. But Yeah, exactly. That would have been fun. Like, it's getting knocked down as well soon, isn't it? So it's going to be a stadium that I probably yeah. won't get a chance to see now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so fingers... I, I hope you do well, um, obviously, after this weekend. Um, so fingers <laughs> crossed. It's always good to see... Like, I want West Ham to get into Champions League because it's good to upset the apple cart a bit. You know what I mean? Like The top four would be absolutely spitting if West Ham got into Champions League. And then they'd all kick up another fuss about the Super League. And then if, if Palace as well got, in, got into the Europa League, that would piss them all off even more. And then you've got United exactly. sitting in eighth, you know, for example, or, or, or Tottenham missing out as well. That would that'd, that'd be absolutely hilarious. But... Um, yeah, so what's your, we've talked about Palace, what's your opinions on Burnley then? Obviously, got a bit of a reputation for being sort of like bully boys and stuff. Obviously, the the the, the red card and the disciplinary stats prove otherwise. Only team, yeah. we hold we now hold the record for the amount of consecutive games without a red card, which is, I think, standing at 104, 105 at the minute. Um, but yeah, every single week, every single week on social media, it's just, someone will screenshot a Burnley challenge and like, look at state of this. And it's like, I remember James Tarkovsky on Rich Allison against Everton. Strong, hard, fair challenge. 
won the ball. Everton fans spitting feathers, livid, calling us yard dogs. This weekend, Mason Holgate, Holgate sorry, studs up on somebody's leg. Sorry, not this weekend, weekend before. International yeah. break. And there's not <laughs> word, mate, no screenshots, nothing. It just winds me up no end. Um, but yeah, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on Burnley and their style of play and, and what they can achieve this season? I think Burnley, even though when I think of Burnley, I think of physical strikers, um, a solid defensive team. You've got um, quality players there as well, Dwight McNeil, uh, Tarkovsky, and now you've got Courtney as well. Um, I think Burnley, I, I think I think I'm a Burnley, I, I've, I, I've asked you this as well on our, on our show. I've, it's like you stayed up last season, you, you, you went on that European run, but how much do you want to stay around the mid-table survival area? Because as I see Burnley, I think they're solid Premier League side and they will stay up. Sean Dash will keep them up. But going to the next level, there's a debate, of course, whether Sean Dash is backed enough to go to the next level uh, yeah. with, the, with the funds. And also whether Dash can play with them players because he has... I, I think Dash also gets criticised as well because he has a particular style of play. But at times, I've seen it against the likes of Arsenal, for example... When you need to press, you will press as well. It's not just, yeah. you know, where with Roy Hodgson, where you just sit back for 90 minutes every single game. He does make few tweaks, and I, I like that about him. But with Burnley, I think they're sort of Premier League side, and I think they need a bit of investment to go to the next level. Um, but as a Burnley fan, if I was a Burnley fan, because I've gone through this with Palace, maybe it's a bit different sporting Palace or Burnley, but when you just survive every single season, even though you've had that Europa League run, which we haven't had, um, it gets a bit of stale and you're saying, yeah. well, are we going to change anything? Are we going to try and achieve something in this league? And if we're not, then should we just, you know, what, what what's our goal? Because it gets a yeah. bit boring staying up to this season. So probably you can answer that for me, whether it's getting a bit of a bit stale. I guess it, it might not be because we have different ambitions maybe because we do invest in our squad a bit more than you guys do, I think, I believe. Um, I'm not too sure about this summer, but in general, Palace, you know, we bought a sacker for 26 million, etc. Yeah. So Burnley's not really high spenders, but I see Burnley as a strong, stable Premier League club under Sean Dash. But moving to the next level, I'm not too sure how you guys do that um, unless you spend money. Yeah, I, th- I think we have to. I think the fact uh, this season, since the new owners have been in, it was their first summer transfer window um, this mm. summer. Brought in um, Connor Roberts, who's a good young right back, obviously Welsh international, Maxwell Corner. So I think the signs are there that things are starting to change a little bit. I don't think we'll ever be one of these sides that throws 50 million quid at a player, um, which can be frustrating because you're seeing the likes of even yourselves, like you just mentioned there, just off the cuff spent 26 million quid. That would easily be our record signing if we did that. You see the likes of Leeds coming up from the Championship who spend a lot of money when they did come up. Villa always spend money. Not that long ago, they're in the Championship. I think they spent 100 million quid every single summer uh, at Villa. Um, even um, who else came up recently uh, that spent a lot of money? Fulham, Brent- even when they come right, up, they spend yeah, yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brentford as well. Brentford, they, 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 they've recruited well and, and, spent, and spent a lot of money. So it's, it do, I do find it a bit frustrating that we aren't one of them clubs, but at the same time, I can understand why because... In the previous owner, we had zero debt, and he and he looking back at in hindsight, I think it's obviously he always wanted to sell the club, and that's why he, a healthy balance sheet looks better to a prospective buyer than than, a, mm, than an asset exactly. on the pitch. Um, 
So I think that's why we didn't buy for so many years and it did start to get a bit stale. Um, same players coming in, always older sort of players like your Bardsley's, you know, people like that. Um, I love Jay, but Jay Rodriguez, again, another another signing that wasn't the most yeah, inspirational just, one in the world. Yeah, it's, it's the same sort of thing, whereas now I do see the tide sort of like changing a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how we move on from here because obviously we've got Jank. We still need players to come in. We need young midfielders. We need good midfielders. Uh, it's looking like talk is off in the summer, so we're probably going to need another defender. But Nathan Collins as well, actually, that's another one who, who I've just totally forgot about. A, a good defender at championship level. And he's coming now and he's young and stuff. That That's always going to be sort of like our... Not marquee signing, because obviously Kone is a marquee signing, our style of signing, which I don't necessarily mind bringing in the young, hungry lads from the championship. It's when we're bringing in your Bardsleys on a on a free or for like 100k or whatever, you know, that can get a bit frustrating. But yeah, I, th- I think now with a new owner, I think he's it, that he's going to want to do something a bit different. And I think Daesh has said, yeah, things are a bit different now. You know, money's not as tight. You know, we have conversations about it. Whereas I think back in the past, yeah, it did start to get a bit stale because it was just bringing in old defenders. Like, we brought in Peter Crouch, for God's sake, for six months. You know what I mean? That, that was a sort of signing that, <laughs> exactly, that, that Burnley yeah. made. You know what I mean? Whereas now, yeah, I do feel I do feel it's a little bit different. And hopefully, um, we can push on and do more of the same. But yeah, let's talk about this weekend then. Oh, sorry, go on, if you want to mention yeah, something. Sorry, yeah, but, you know, credit to Dash, though, because he's managed with all them players there. I, I can't imagine. Exactly. If we, if we had Phil Barsley at Palace, I'd probably lose my mind. Like, <laughs> just, and then getting, going, getting Peter Crouch and afterwards, it's just like, these players are just expired. They're just, and you're yeah. just keeping them at a club, giving them wage just for the sake of having them there. It's not really quality players that bring them on yeah. the next stage. For example, at Palace, I did mention Saka all, day, all them years ago, but talking about this summer, we've spent, we spent nearly £40 million on just two centre-halves. And yeah, so it's getting to a stage... Mental. Yeah, yeah, and it's getting to that stage now, though, where if you're not going to spend, there's exactly. only so you're much get that you can do. Yeah, yeah you're only, if, if you're seeing clubs like Palace spending, if you're seeing clubs like Aston Villa and Lee, like everyone is trying to spend money, and if you don't, you you will be left behind. And even as Palace fans, it's new territory for us because we had to reinvest in the squad. We we got rid of all the old players. And yeah. we co- we combine them with younger players, more ex- uh, and we've got a bit of more experience, so it's more of a banner squad. And I think with you guys, I read something about you have ten players out of contract this summer, and it might be we was in a similar situation this past summer where we had lots of players out of contract, and that's where you start the rebuild. So with you guys, if if that's true, I'm not too sure. I haven't read into it in particular, but I saw something like that. And if that's true, yeah, then this one. This this might be the perfect opportunity for Burnley to start that rebuild and give Dash the opportunity to bring in a bit more quality younger players because that's what Palace done and so far it has worked out. Yeah, see, like you, Ben, you asked me on 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 your show that we just recorded before this one. Go and check it out uh, on YouTube. It's back of the nest. You'll find it on there. Um, like, are some Burnley players wanting Dash out? But you just mentioned it there with the, with the level of sorry the caliber of players that Dash has been given for the last four seasons. I don't think anybody else keeps us in the Premier League, not even some of the world's mm. best managers. I think they just kick off and be like, well, this is enough, I'm off. Like Benitez did at Newcastle all them years ago and stuff like that. Mm. So I don't think anyone else keeps us in the Premier League. So yeah, full credit to Dice there. Um, and also one of the points I made quite a lot um, on the podcast before the new chairman took over was that I feel like the old chairman, Mike Garlick, he, was, he, he got us to where we are. He built the club into this position. But I think it just outgrew him and the Premier League outgrew sort of like him and his wealth. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why we just weren't spending any money. Um, whereas I think now the new guys have come in. 
so far so good. Obviously, a few people are worried about the sort of like leverage buyout, but that's an entirely mm. different debate, which we obviously we're not <laughs> going to get into now. Um, but yeah, but we'll see. So far, so good for me from the new owners. Um, but yeah, but yeah, let's talk about this weekend. Then you've mentioned already. Actually, I think it was on your show to be fair um, that you are coming up for the game. So if you if you if you, if you have, anyone sees D, give him a wave, um, a nice pleasant Burnley wave. If you see him in the uh, cricket cricket field pub, I presume if you're going to go to a pub before the yeah, game, that should be where you go. I haven't really planned it yet uh, in terms of where we're going. I'm going with a couple of other uh, back of the NS um, crew. So, yeah, we, I'll be travelling up. I haven't missed a single game this season. Every, I think, 12 games. So, every away game being Liverpool. Dedication, mate. City, yeah. Because, but to be fair, this is the season to do something like that. I decided yeah. this season I'm going to stay dedicated. I'm like, let's go back Patrick Vieira. I went to the first couple of season against Chelsea and then afterwards I was like, all right, I'm just going to go every single game. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if you carried on going to all the games after that one, then yeah, you are. Yeah, exactly. Back, and yeah. then afterwards, yeah, that's what I've done after the Chelsea. I was like, all right, this is going to be, it might be a long season after that game. But I've been to every single game and I'm going to the Burnley one. I've been to Burnley once. I think that was when we beat you guys 3-2. Uh, Dwight Gales got, I think you guys were 2-0 oh, up and you had like Danny Don't, Ames. mate. Jesus yeah, Christ. I, I remember that. Were it first game of the season? But it first came no, 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 it wasn't. Though. It wasn't. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. No, because there's a few, there's been a few, there's been a few times when I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking of Dougie Freeman all them years ago, mate. Yeah, yeah. We're two 0 up against you <laughs> first day at season. First day, two 0 up against you first day at season. Come back and one. But we have so many good games, Burnley Palace at the turf. Yeah, we score goals. I remember, goals. I, I, I remember like... the season after that that you're on about. If you're going to bring up a bad memory, I'll bring up a bad memory. The season after that that you're on about, we were beating you two 0 you come back 2-2. Every Burnley fan's thinking, here we fucking go again. Then Ashley Barnes at 94th minute to absolutely seal it. We have some yeah, good games, Burnley fans. We have some really good games. So, fingers crossed for a good game though. this weekend. Yeah, you would no, have no, think that, yeah. normally. Uh, but yeah, I've been, been, been travelling Yeah, yeah if, you, if you're travelling up, I'd recommend the... Um, there's a cricket pitch behind the turf and that tends to be where all the away fans go. I think that's where you park as well. I think that's where. Yeah, where, I think you, I'm not you, too you sure. can park there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's where we, that's where we park. Yeah, we'll probably go yeah. today. But I'm, I'm I'm excited by it, Joe. I think I think as I've said, both sides we we both can get a result out of this. Um, I truly believe that. But with Palace, it's a different style of play. And I was worried in the last game against Wolves because the typical Palace will be you beat two 0 City and then you go at Wolves at yeah. home and you lose like three one. And it's like all right, that's it. But for the first time, we. We were in control. Like we beat City away from home, and then we go to our home game against a Wolves side that are above us in the league, and that have done. They started the season off a bit slow, but they've, um, you know, gone on now and doing better things. Um, and we managed to beat them comfortably. So when it goes to games like this, as a Palace fan, if you really we we're talking about where we can finish, but if we really can push on for them Europa Conference League or wherever we want to finish, um, realistically, we need to win games like yours and if you guys want to set up you have to beat us as well so it's not yeah, like just one side of thing um so i'm positive about the game i, I really am I, as a palace fan the only the only negative is the international break because as i said we've had a momentum going on um and we've been solid we're, we're unbeaten in our last six games um which is which is pretty pretty impressive in itself um so i'm i'm Excited by the game. I feel like both sides got a decent chance of winning. Um, but Palace on the day, if we do turn up, we've got this mentality under Patrick Vieira that even the players say it in their post-match conferences that we can literally be any other side out there. And I guess as a player, they'll be looking at this Burnley game saying, we need to win this. Yeah, yeah, of course. And obviously on the flip side of it, I'm sure the Burnley players will, yeah. will be saying the same thing. I think I said it again, I said it on your show, you want to, anyone outside the top six, when you're taking them on at home, you've got to back yourself. 
Um, but obviously, you said you're feeling confident. I think quite a few Burnley fans will be now feeling more confident than they were about six weeks ago. We've gone on a better run. Obviously, beat Brentford um, 3-1 at the turf. Then we've got the result against Chelsea. And obviously, before that one, I'm just having to get the results back up because it's been that long ago. Um, before that <laughs> one, yeah, we, we got a draw at Southampton, 2-2 two, yeah. two at Southampton. So, you know, we, we've, you know we've, we've, I feel like we've turned the corner a little bit. Um, so, I'm quietly confident as well but I'm in a similar sort of vibe to you maybe the international break has sort of like taken the wind out of our sails a little bit because we were just starting to build up some momentum after having you know some poor results um, so mm. far this season we're never really playing too poorly apart from you know a couple of games here and there um, so yeah predictions then obviously I'm going to go 1-0 or 2-1 to Burnley but you've said you're feeling confident so I can expect a sort of like similar score from you but for yeah. Palace yeah, I'm going 2-1 Palace. I think, yeah. we, we talked about her in our show, but I think Burnley will get a set-piece goal. Um, and I know you've said that you ain't that great in set-pieces, but Palace with, especially Joachim Anderson, he, he has struggled at times with aerial duels. I think that's going to be a massive factor as well. I'm not too sure the style of football, as you mentioned on our show, that you might have tweaked it a bit. It's not just, you know, you sometimes yeah. you do want to keep the ball. So um, I think up in the air, we I can see us conceding a set-piece goal, even though we've, improved in the last few weeks we started off really badly um but i think when you're looking at the quality and the momentum that we've got six games on beat and of course international break in between that uh but now we've got Eze back on the bench as well which is scary sight because i don't know how he fits into this party side um at this current mm-hmm. moment he's going to be back for this game you've had a couple of players that's gone away at international duty like benteke scored a goal got an assist um, and also you got players that had a rest. You know, it's been a hectic first 11 games, as I mentioned, pretty much facing the top eight um, in your first 11 games, which is scary in itself. Um, but we managed to come out of it in a very good position because we're only three points off fifth place as it stands. So I think I think we'll be confident um, going into this game. The players will be up for it. So I'm going for a 2-1 Palace victory. The confidence I'm getting is from the Wolves game because against the side who were solid defense well they were compact all game we managed to break them down which is the thing yeah. that i was worried about so if we can break you guys down at the same uh like we did with wolves then i think yeah it should be should be a good game but i don't think it'll be an easy ride for palace no fingers crossed for an entertaining game anyway but that's it then from this week's show uh, before we do go though do you just want to tell everyone where they can find you where they can watch you and where they can listen to you so right now we're happy as Palace fans. We want to see some positive Palace content. Um, check out Back of the Nest on all social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and also um, Twitter. And YouTube, we're there. We'll be hosting live match reaction shows, player ratings, all of them, you know, the usual things. So yeah, check out Back of the Nest on YouTube. And yeah, thank you for having me on, Joe. No, thank you for coming on, mate. And as as you said on, on your show, I think it's like the third time that we've done this, like been on each other's show. Yeah. Um, so we should do a soccer AM vibe and send each other a hat trick ball or something like that. <laughs> that, we can, that we can keep yeah. the Turfcast hat trick ball, back of the nest hat trick ball on my windowsill, which you can't see to be fair, because I've changed. My I'll be happy with a Zaha hat trick ball this weekend. Forget about <laughs> I'll be happy so you with that. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. You can I'll be happy with a buddy one then, fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, think thank you for coming on. Like I said, it's been enjoyable, always a good chat, always nice yeah. and easy to talk to. So I'm sure I'll have you on again in the reverse fixture and hopefully uh, next season's over. Like I said, thank you for coming on. Thank you to everybody for watching Turfcast podcast. Um, Turfcast is back. We should be doing this again every single week now. The uh, 60-second review will be back on YouTube again um, at the end of the game. And not straight away, obviously. I need to get on first. Um, But then pretty much straight as, as soon as possible. So look out for that. Look out for all the content as well that's going to be coming back. And thank you for watching and listening.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.